0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Inside Situation, a bi weekly podcast where we share with you some of the conversations we're having in the agency. I'm Peter Eugisic, Head of Technology at Situation. And today I have two amazing guests joining me from our operations team. First, uh, a relatively new newcomer to the podcast and to the agency, Nikisha McDowell, our uh, Human Resources Manager. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Welcome, Nikisha. Thank you.
1: Glad to be here.
0: So glad to have you here. And we have uh, a returning voice to the podcast, although it might sound a little different today than the last time you heard her, uh, Maria Martinez, our VP of Finance and Operations. Welcome back, Maria.
2: Thank you, Peter. It's nice to be here.
0: And thank you so much for coming in when you are not feeling so great.
2: <laughs> thank you.
0: That's appreciated. Um, you've got your tea. You've got your cough drops.
2: I do. I'm ready. Uh,
0: if, if you need at any point to break to consume either one of those, please just raise your hand and let me know. Um, but uh, in, in fact, the fact that you're not feeling great is a perfect segue into the topic that I wanted to talk about today, which was health and well being, and specifically the company's relationship to the health and well being of the employees who work here, both mental health and physical health. And it's a topic that's been on our list to talk about for quite some time on the podcast. Uh, I, th- I think we've. Hopefully, got some interesting questions to dive into it today, uh, and we were kind of waiting for someone like yourself, Nikisha, to kind of come on board to into our HR department. Uh, you, you relatively new to the agency. How long? How many weeks have you been here now?
1: A uh, total of six now.
0: Wow, has it flown by?
1: Yes, it feels like six years. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: Perfect. Well, that's excellent. Uh, hopefully, you still it still feels new enough that yes. you can bring a kind of fresh set of eyeballs to the topic today because I think, Maria, uh, you have been with the agency for a very long time. Uh, you've seen a lot of our uh, policies and, and the way that we deal with with healthcare uh, for our employees has it I mean you've been here almost since the beginning of the evolution of that I imagine
2: Yeah been here 10 years in October so yes wow. it's been quite a journey but our um, intent and opinion on it hasn't really changed which I think is a good thing actually
0: That's fantastic and and uh, yeah I will we'll get into that momentarily uh, I think I really want to kind of touch upon some things that we've said about that on the past in, in the past on the podcast uh, but first let's not assume that uh, our listeners know you guys as well as I do, can you each tell briefly uh, I've given your titles, but can you kind of say what it is that you do here at the agency uh, in the size that you would tell somebody on an elevator on your way up? Uh, Nikisha, can we start with you?
1: Sure um so as a human resources manager, I am really responsible for the health of the company and the health of the employees, which are pretty much mirrored together so I guess that's probably the simplest way that I can explain my role because it's very involved and detailed and
0: that's very every in involving.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that that would be the simplest way.
0: And Maria, uh, you you are kind of the head of our operations team, of which Nakisha is a part. What is it that that falls under your umbrella here? Situation?
2: Um, I've sort of multiple uh, departments like Nakisha that fall under. So, you know, human resources, uh, IT general day-to-day operations of the office, um, which can extend from billing to um, you know basic finance, and then a lot of involvement just dealing with Damien and the overall health of the company from a financial perspective and business lines and, and things that we're interested in exploring um, that are all sort of part and parcel of those things. Great.
0: Well, thank you for that. Uh, and apologies for the phone ring. That's the second one that's happened in the podcast. <laughs> I think I would have learned to unplug my phone right now. Um, people are going to just start trying to do that when they think we're recording just to get it on to the podcast. Um, well, great. Thank you both very much for that. Um, so let's start by, I I think one of the things that's been mentioned previously on the podcast is that a unique thing about, uh, U S companies is that, uh, the healthcare of the employees is bundled very closely. It is a primary concern of the company that they work for, which is kind of an anomaly in the rest of the world. Uh, most of the time, that happens with the government, but here in the states, we we tie healthcare very closely to your job. If you have a job, the chances are good that you have healthcare, uh, and then hopefully, you know, in, in the best situations, it's kind of offset a little bit by your employer to help you afford that. Obviously, that has gone through a huge evolution in the past couple of years. Is going to continue to change. Uh, I'm sure, uh, but can can you guys just talk a little bit about what percentage of uh, thinking about staffing the company and growing the company is related to, you know, concerns about paying for healthcare for our employees? Uh, Damien has referred to that in the past as being something that uh, is a huge concern in thinking about you know, year after year financially, what, what is the, the layout that we're as an organization putting towards that? And I, you know, will embarrass him when he's not here and say, I think uh, of the places that I've worked, situation is pretty generous in, in, in covering that for employees. But can you guys talk a little bit about what percentage of your, your job is consumed by thinking about that?
2: Um, I mean, I can, it's an interesting way to frame the question, um, just thinking about how it relates to how our growth um, in relation to that expense, um, which is obviously what it boils down to to some degree. But it also um, becomes about maintaining sort of a standard and a principle that that we value healthcare and that we want our team to have it. We want, to, you know, Damien has always been a big proponent of it. And that is, you know, what you just said, he is extremely generous and that is all him. That is all his belief system. Um, so I think, uh, I don't know that it's actually factored in from a growth I mean, it always factors into that bottom line expense, but it's more um, factored into how do we maintain what we've been able to do thus far in the most practical way that is still um, beneficial and gives our employees peace of mind that they're covered and that they have what they need so that they can also come here and do what they need and and be comfortable, you know? Um, I think that almost takes more precedence. It's, you know, it's like we, we want to create as much or as little upheaval, I guess, as possible to each employee because we know that these things can be really challenging and complicated to understand. Right. And once you get one under your belt, when we pull the rug out from under and have to change because of a financial reason, um, it's not ideal. And it's certainly not always what we want to be doing.
0: Well, and and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think in addition to being a financial benefit, it is also a a, a peace of mind and a complexity benefit dealing with insurance companies is is you know mind-numbing at the totally. very least and and it's not only that we're making an eventual uh, financial investment in providing this for our employees we're also taking off their plate having to compare different exchanges and doing things like that so it's it's you you said it really well maria you're taking some level of complexity off of one one less thing people have to worry about um which which is just and and the idea i i know that it, it is a reality in the modern uh, workplace, that because prices are changing, it's such a volatile, price shifted industry, uh, healthcare in the United States, that that it is often true that you're shopping around almost year to year. Yes. Uh, uh, Nikisha, you you've kind of come in and seen with with a fresh set of eyes that what what we as an agency provide to our employees. What Did you have any initial impressions when you first came in in terms of how we're doing things? Or is this just par for the course in kind of what everybody's doing these days and evaluating new companies and constantly shopping plans?
1: Well, as far as what Situation offers their employees, it's not par for the course. There are companies that are a lot less generous than uh, Situation. And I think what Situation is doing is very very good for the health and well-being of their employees. And I like the fact that that was one of the attractions to this company was that employees are taken care of. Mm-hmm. And that's just not seen in every organization in, in the U.S. So I think they're definitely ahead of the game
0: as, about, as far as that goes. What about the kind of constantly keeping your eye on the you know, looking for that better deal or looking for mm-hmm. that next company—is that something that every uh, or or most companies, mid to small to large, are, are looking at these days?
1: Yes, um, I feel like larger companies probably have it a well. I know they have it a lot easier than um, companies that are where our size is now um, just because they have a lot more buying power uh, Mm -hmm. to to negotiate with uh, insurance companies. Um, So they are able to offer a lot more variety and a lot more perks because they do have the numbers of employees. Um, So for uh, companies the size that are the same size as situation and you know, what we're going through now, it is very common for us to have to uh, shop around year to year to make sure that we are giving uh, the employees the best um, benefit options that we can. And also um, just trying to see if there are some new innovative ways that we can spend our dollars so that we're, n- if we do have to take away something, we're giving back something mm-hmm. somewhere else.
0: Yeah I I I mean I can think of the the ways just as a consumer of employee provided healthcare things have evolved over the years whether it's flexible spending accounts or mm-hmm. you know just uh more programs that that uh, I think probably uh, you know everybody kind of says okay I need to have my doctors covered my dental and my vision, but there are so many other things that are part of that that are part of a modern health plan that people can avail themselves of. Whether it, you know it's discounts to gyms or what are what are some of the other things that make up a modern, you know, work provided healthcare plan that you think uh, people maybe aren't availing themselves of the way that they should?
1: I mean, I, I feel like you've alluded to a lot of them, like uh, flexible spending accounts, um, health savings accounts, which are similar, but different, mm. um, gym memberships. Uh, some companies are starting to
2: do like, uh, city bikes, especially oh, here in cool. New York city. Um, I think, I mean, I know this, uh, from a, from a suburb plan from my mm-hmm. husband's plan, but that his, um, the overriding company is encouraging wellness options. So preventative mm-hmm. care options and, and doing so, they actually are discounting your premium for the following year. Mm. Um, So I think, and I think some of that is sometimes tied into the plan and some of it is now being encouraged by an employer. Um, Those wellness and prevention programs, which the Citibank goes to and the gym memberships go to, I Mm. think, Um, uh, you know. One of the companies we were with did health screenings, so they would offer on-site health screenings for free. Right. um flu shots., yeah, you I know,
0: was, I, I know I got my flu shot last year in the office, which was great. yeah Thank
2: you. I think that I actually think a lot of that's more employer driven than insurance company driven. I mm. believe I you know, I'm not certainly looking at every plan as we're having this conversation. Um, we've had we've had a few plans that they offered you some spending money for health and wellness options, which can include, um, you know, massages for the agency, like things that are intended to de-stress or mm-hmm. right. you know, evaluate that component of your life that really can impact your health. But a large largely I think those things have to be employer driven. The insurance companies sort of might have them on the side if you ask.
0: Right. I, I'm curious, and I, I don't know if there you you have the answer to this, but one of the the evolutions of kind of modern healthcare in this country that I have found interesting has been the concept of you know, not rewarding healthcare systems or doctors that just run up a number of tests that don't mean anything, but actually encouraging, you know, based on having healthier clientele is how doctors, there are some programs that are kind of rewarding doctors that just keep people healthier, not do more with them. Does that ever come, have you, is that part of kind of the conversation at all with any of the healthcare providers or insurance companies that we've been talking to kind of along your lines, if you, you know, we'll offer these things. And, you know, if, if if we gauge that your employee group is any healthier, we'll offer you a more competitive rate. I don't know if that's part of the conversation.
2: I mean, I think in a roundabout way it is, but it doesn't necessarily speak to the, the physicians. Um, you know, the way that you're given uh, rates and quotes, you know, it certainly depends on size. So that's not, that's you know, key. You know, hit on that and our size is really challenging right now um, because you get stuck between small and large group mm-hmm. classifications. Um, but behind that is your claims. So the overall claims for the, the company or whomever, you know, you're sort of paired up with as there are innovative ways that are putting companies together now. Um, so y- your claims sort of speak to that. So inherently, if you have a healthier company, you're going to have lower claims, you're going to be able to get lower rates from your insurance company. It's almost like um, auto insurance in that way, I suppose. Right. Uh, it yeah, really does function the same way. And, kind yeah. of. It really functions that same way. Or if you have one or two spikes in claims, they will jack your rates up. It doesn't, you know, again, it's an entire population and it may only take two claims that are uh, considered, quote-unquote, excessive, whatever that might mean, mm. um, even if you've had a track record of five years of amazingly good claim right. rates. so. It doesn't go back, you know. It only looks at the key, the year that you're in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there. No, I mean, I guess the short answer is no, and it doesn't look at the physicians, but they I mean, it's sort of what happened the year past.
0: Interesting. I would imagine that most people who take advantage of of the the health plan from their work uh, have no idea that's part of the conversation. Why would you? Yeah,
2: yeah. it's. I've learned a lot in ten years. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's really interesting, and, and so. And it, so let's talk a little bit about – because I know we mentioned that it is kind of employer – there are a bunch of things that the employer can do independent of the insurance company to ensure a good working environment, a healthy working environment, mm-hmm. and that can mean a lot of different things. I know that that is a big uh, an important part of, of the culture that Damien strives to create. It's an important, I think, part of the culture that the operations team really helps to foster – uh you both of you, as well as Eileen and you know the the other folks who really contribute to uh not only making sure that we're healthy and we have those moments when we did get massages in the office and we and flu shots but also then the activities that we do mm-hmm. um Can you talk a little bit about what what is the metric of of health and well being that goes into thinking about the kinds of activities that the office sponsors? On behalf of the employees, Um, is is it uh, you know specifically? I think we have a lot of young people. Mm -hmm. We have, uh, and one of the things that I've seen as an evolution over the years, not just here but in other places I've worked, there's certainly let's all go out and have a happy hour, right? And then there's you know the other so that that might have questionable health ramifications, depending on your population. Uh, The other extreme of it is, you know, or let's join the softball league, or we've even tossed around the idea of an office Tough Mudder, which is kind of a grueling obstacle course. So so what is it, is there a spectrum of we have to balance the kind of purely fun social with the ones that, the kind of office activities that uh, kind of want to encourage uh, physical health?
2: Um, I mean, yes, but I think more in the way of it's not just about the happy hour because you're right that that evolution has kind of occurred, I think, more universally. Yeah, it had become clear to us at some point, especially as we got larger too. you know, you can't all go to a bar and talk to one another. There's actually you yeah. now actually impeded the social aspect of it as well. And you, you know, talk to your four people and that's it. Um, I think largely Eileen has been great at driving the activity component and then adding in that game portion that is maybe not so physically taxing because um, you know I'm not I'm not your tough Mudder girl but I could play cornhole, like you know I could have <laughs> a right. bag um, and it felt like everybody felt like they could participate. So yeah. I think you know again it might go a little bit more to mental health and stress relief um, but always making sure there's an activity that that also gives you a get to know you aspect which I think makes you healthier. At the workplace in general. Like you've communicated in a different way, completely outside of work, no pressure. Maybe you formed a team with someone you would never have formed a team with and it was just a ball. You know, it was a laugh riot and you had a good time and now you have something to talk about in the kitchen. Um, Yeah,
0: I think think this year's Cornhole Tournament will be remembered for a long (laughs)
2: time.
0: Uh, Any of our listeners who want to go to social media, I know we have pictures up uh, on our Instagram feed from that, which happened a couple of months ago. It was really fun.
2: Yeah, I mean I think – the carnival, the carnival, you know, minimal physical activity, but yet activity and engagement with everybody um, yeah. has become much more the focus of the office um social events.
0: Nikisha, can you speak to that uh, you know the evolution of the types of outings that uh, whether uh, in other places you may have come before this? is it is it industry wide the same kind of less let's just everybody go to a bar and are people trying to be more creative? in the kind of things that the get-together constitutes?
1: Um, Surprisingly, I'm going to say no. Um, No. I feel feel like, honestly, since I've just been here, I feel like a lot of what I've seen, especially Eileen and her creative mind in in putting events together, is really unique. Um, But one thing I can say about it is that I my perspective from an HRE standpoint, um, I feel like work and life balance are very intertwined. And so what we can do as an organization to kind of help ease those blurred lines and Mm -hmm. um, create an environment that is engaging, that is fun, that is a way to de-stress, even though our work can be stressful at times, is a very good um, way of maintaining that balance for or helping to maintain that balance for employees.
0: I, I'm glad you brought that up because the, the blurred lines between the personal and the professional is something we've talked about on other episodes of the podcast. And I think there's a difference generationally. Uh, I, I you know, some, I just turned 40. <laughs> uh, and I think I came up uh, in a professional environment where there was, where social media wasn't as pervasive. I think the concept of having a work, your work friends and your work persona versus your personal, it was a little more delineated. And I think with a lot of people in the workplace now, it is much more blurred. Do you ever find, and maybe this is just me being s- selfish and, and cantankerous, but is there <laughs> value? What I guess well, let me put it a different way. I, I'm I'm sure there are lots of great things about the personal and the professional being much more co mingled. I think people can feel feel free to express themselves at work in a way that wasn't possible years ago for lots of different reasons and they can share with their coworkers more of their life. But it, can you go too far with that? Is there ever a, a recommendation from your perspective or do you talk to employees where, you know, maybe they're they're blurred too much?
1: Yes. Yes, you can go too far. I think um, that is one of the challenges on the horizon for HR in general is the fact that those lines are pretty blurred, um, especially for the younger generations. Everybody thinks
0: we're all friends.
1: Yeah. And so there needs to be a level there still needs to be a level of professionalism, even though we can be friends at work.
0: I I Mm -hmm. guess I don't know if that makes perfect sense. I I think it does, especially (laughs) as someone who's had to then discipline people that that I'm working with or, or bring things to their attention that need to be corrected. I think if you if everybody's just your buddy, I think it's probably a similar thing that a lot of. Parents and children are experiencing that is different than it was years ago. If I'm your friend, then do you still have that? Are you going to take seriously when I need to bring something to your attention that needs to be modified?
1: Right. And we also have to take into effect, too, that an employee's behavior socially, internally, can also affect the brand as well. Mm -hmm. We've seen plenty of instances like that in um, just the news where... You know, an employee can say the wrong thing on social media and the company looks bad and they're like, we're going to have to fire you because of those comments, whether it be racial or sexual in nature, or whatever the case may be. And Mm -hmm. if they don't hold up to um, the organization's value system, then that's where it becomes... Uh, an, an
0: issue. Yeah. I, I don't know if we've ever mentioned on the podcast before our, our infamous five block rule. Uh, working with a lot of live event brands, we get the opportunity for both clients and non-clients to go do things, go see shows, get tickets for things. Mm-hmm. And we have an agency rule that if you love it or if you don't love it, we you know wait until you're five blocks away from the thing before you say anything. And that's kind of a hard learned lesson that uh, a couple of our employees have some really funny stories about in hindsight where they didn't follow that rule and they were inadvertently standing next to a producer and just gave their opinion and uh, heard about it later. Uh, so i I think that you know and and whenever we convey that to new employees that the five block rule we don't, you know it's not like you're gonna be threatened. It, it's really more an appeal to common sense. It's not like you're going to be if you do put your foot in your mouth, like we all do from time to time. Uh, it's not an inexcusable offense, but it's more about you know th- let us there. There need to be some boundaries in place to protect ourselves from what you were just talking about.
2: There are, yeah. I mean, and there are many now legal seminars on that topic. I mean, almost any law firm that you contract with has done a seminar in social media and the impact and employers' rights and employee rights and it extends to hiring. It extends to how you approach, you know, looking at someone's portfolio or LinkedIn or Facebook because it's open. Mm, So if you, as an individual, don't put any sort of privacy blocks or settings, it's, it's out there. I mean, you know, you hear that in many other contexts, but, um, and this is not new, but I don't know that everybody registers that from an employment perspective and what your future looks like. Um, because anybody can find anything. Right. But I was going to flip on its head a little bit because I I am also, I mean, I, I draw clear boundaries between personal and work by choice. I always have um, because of the work I think I came from and I had to. Right. Um, I was much younger than a lot of the people I was officially working with who were working with me. Um, but I think one of the other challenges we have as being a, and maybe special to New York City agency, is that. You have a lot of people coming from out of school, a lot of people who have transplanted. We don't actually have a ton of New Yorkers here necessarily. And so the first place you go and find friends is at work. Right. it's where you
0: spend most of your time.
2: It is. And and I think it's hard, like, you know, communities and networks are harder to find now because of the influence of social media and everybody's on their computer all the time. So it's not as if New York is the most... um, easy city to to make new relationships and friends. And if you don't know actual people here, when you get here. And so I think one of our challenges is obviously we want people to make friends here. You know, you want people to want to spend their time here and have a good time.
0: It's part of a healthy atmosphere.
2: It is. And, you know, so, so helping them foster those relationships because you want them to have out of work relationships and then, you know, generate a larger network, um, because then they want to stay, you know, it's, it's part of also mm-hmm. wanting to put roots down somewhere right. and create your loyalty to a city or a, a place. Um, so I think that's another challenge. We're up against those sort of mitigating. Yeah. You have to know boundaries and professional personal lines, but obviously this is one of your first places to get to know like-minded people of similar interest or even age group or, right. um, you know,
0: well, you're fostering the, that concept that you will get the best work out of people. When they're in a comfortable place, when they feel healthy, when they feel like their relationships are healthy, when they feel free that they can make a mistake and that they're not gonna get their head chewed. You know, you can, there are certain companies where you can be in a room with people from that company and you can just tell by the way they treat themselves, each other. Mm -hmm what the culture is like right. and mm-hmm. and you're like i know there are fewer i'm like oh man i bet i bet inside those walls it's really stressful
2: yeah you want to be able to laugh i mean i think it's something that i say in inter- you know, every interview is you know if someone asks me why i'm here I and mean, there's there's a lot of reasons i'm here but one of them is i have a good time when i come to work i know that i will laugh at some point during the day <laughs> you know not you know you can have the worst day you can still have a good time with the people around you um And that's something unique here that if you can have a conversation with everybody at some point in the kitchen and feel okay doing it and comfortable doing it, um, I, you know, I don't think that you find that a lot of places anymore. So, and, and so part of it is us just finding, finding that line too. It's like, well, obviously you're going to make outside relationships here and friends and we have to trust that you're making smart decisions. Yeah.
0: And I think especially in, in, New York, I think in an agency life, there's there is a perception of it being very competitive. And I think there, you know, there are a lot of people in this agency with a very competitive streak, and I think we do a good job of channeling that into things like the Oscar pool or fantasy football. Like we're not out to kind of bingo. cut down our coworkers. <laughs> What's that? Bingo. Bingo. Oh my gosh. Was... <laughs> it really, I mean, the day long bingo. It, it's, again, props to Eileen for, for facilitating that. Uh, that's a huge hit. <laughs> and I think it kind of takes away, you know, it, it appeals to that part of the personality that wants to be competitive, but in a very fun way. Totally. yeah, fierce. I, I do want to pivot to one thing, uh, you know, uh, before we wrap up, and that is kind of modeling behavior of, of health. And I think specifically there's, there's kind of two examples that I'd be interested to get both of your takes on. Um, Damien, a couple of times on the podcast has mentioned the fact that he's never taken a sick day, uh, and and I think the you know we've had conversations about that, and and I think some people think of sick days as I'm too sick to go in the office, and some people think of sick days as I really don't want to be in the office, I'm taking a sick day. So I don't. I, we're not going to solve that issue, but the other it, the other kind of concept is modeling the, the the something as simple as going to get lunch. I th- I think there are when you work in an agency where everybody kind of has groupthink you what is the responsibility of the senior ma- the senior members of that team or anybody in that team to model that it is number 1 okay to take a sick day if you need to take a sick day don't be a martyr or don't come in and make your coworker sick or It's it's okay. In fact, it's encouraged to to step away from the office and get lunch. And Jackie mentioned uh, a few podcasts ago. She had a an employee who came to her and said, "I will be better if I can go off and take a tap class in the afternoon once a week." And she was like, "Do it." So, what what are your thoughts on modeling the behavior of you know walking the walk and talking the talk in terms of taking those things that are mentally and physically? good for your body, whether it's recuperating from illness or eating food in the middle of the day?
1: Um, Well, I I do think it's very important. Um, I know for me, um, it's usually my natural inclination to kind of do what the team is doing. But then I also have to uh, do what's best for me. So there are some days where I'm just like, you know what, I have to get out of the office take a few walks around the block, get some lunch and just clear my head because then I'll be better later in the afternoon when I'm expected to perform. So I think it's kind of a combination of, um, yes, I would like to see senior management to display those characteristics that they would like their employees uh, to model after. But, I also like the fact like what you just mentioned about Jackie, you know, an employee came to her and said, hey, this would work for me. And she supported it. Right. So maybe sometimes the managers don't have to model it because that's not what works for them. But they can encourage their employees to do what's best for for their own well-being. Right.
0: They know that those requests aren't going to be judged or, or they're going right. to be encouraged. Do you ever find, Nikisha and, and again, six weeks in, may not be able to answer this, but <laughs> uh as as someone who probably has more access to all of our employees than necessarily, you know, you may talk to them more frequently than Damien does in some instances. Mm-hmm. Do you feel it's part of your job to kind of uh bring to his attention some, kind of like the the pulse? the finger to the pulse of what's happening. And you may not be aware of this, but this is a perception that's growing. Do you see that as part of your role?
1: Yes, definitely. That's probably one of the bigger parts of my role um, as far as me interacting with Damien and making sure the health of the company is is um, in good standing.
0: Maria, any, any thoughts on taking lunch?
2: Um, well, uh, as a manager, I probably skew more to the, the second part of that of but encouraging um, our team to do what they need to do. So, you know, um, if that is work from home because you need a break, you need to work from home. I mean, that that is a large driver of um, three policies here. You know, the work from home and the life happens and the unlimited sick. Um, you know, unlimited sick is not a mandated policy by state or city, but it is – there with the intent of we don't want anybody to be stressing out because they have the flu for four days. Cause that's what happens, you know? And so yeah. when you're using four or five days, what does that impact? How does that impact you the rest of the year? You know, you're scared to get sick and then your body feels it and you stress out and, you know, shut down. So it was completely, um, counterintuitive, I guess, to the idea that everybody should do what is best for them because only you know how you work and how your body works and how wet, how you perform at your best. Um, And the same with work from home in particular, like that's partially meant to have that mental break, you know, where it's not that you don't want to work, but sometimes you just need sort of a cone of silence for just a little while or just a different, you know, view of scenery or you just can't bear to get on that train, um, you know, (laughs) for one (laughs) day. You know, the commute is is a lot because it can be. We we all face these things in a different way.
0: Um, Jeremy, uh, our developer who works out of Tennessee, he mentioned that that, in one of the podcasts, that is his biggest soul crushing thing is the idea of a commute. Yeah. So his ability to kind of work from home is, is a huge, uh, lifestyle factor for him.
2: Yeah. I think, and, and I, I mean, I know I'm sort of dodging the question, but cause I'm not, I'm not necessarily one that, um, takes a lunch, but then there are days where I will take, a lunch, You know, I have my best friend from high school works eight blocks up from here. And so every three or four weeks we go actually have lunch and, you know, we both have kids. So it's like an adult only, you know, quiet lunch. So I will combine my time and, you know, make sure that I make time for that. And I I want to encourage my team to do the same thing. So, again, like that's doctor's appointments or, you know, we have to pick up our kids or, um, you know, I want to go to a seminar. You know, those are all things that I think as long as that, my hope is that as long as. Um, open and encouraging and, you know, supportive of it, that is modeling um, the behavior that I'd like to see. Um, you know, even if my life doesn't necessarily work that way, I think that's mm-hmm. the challenge of being in that role is that you, you might not work best by taking a right. lunch or maybe you like the half hour to sit at your computer. But um, so I, I, you know, I think it, it can just be a challenge yeah, Because everybody works ind- individually in that way and know what they actually need to be successful and to be mentally fit. Uh, and I,
0: I think you brought up a good point. I, I, I Even as said in my ways as I am, or, you know, I spoke before, it's, it's a different concept of being so social, you know, having your social life and your work life. I think all of us benefit by challenging our own assumptions, you know, in, in challenging kind of breaking down those those walls a little bit or you know modeling that it, it never hurts anybody to kind of you know try to make an overture to model that behavior or uh, change the way change our assumptions that's always a good thing
2: yeah that's true and I think we challenge that on every level here I mean, yeah. we talk about individualized experiences and that that goes to it too but yes we can all definitely do that
0: well, Nikesha, Maria, thank you guys both so much for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed the conversation.
2: Thank you. Thank you Thanks for having us.
0: And to our listeners, thank you for making time to listen to Inside Situation. We really appreciate all of your feedback. If you want to send us more feedback, please do so to podcast at Situation.myc, And we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks.